Hi, welcome to another episode of First Seas with Reba and Ross. I'm Ross. I'm Reba. And today we're talking about two new episodes of Pete and Pete. Uh, one was the last special they did before it was... <laughs> also, Reba's raising her arms in the air right now in excitement, which you can't actually see. <laughs> but... Yes. She's doing it. So, uh, yeah, we've got New Year's Pete, and we've also got King of the Road, which is the first official episode of the series. Yes. So, um, yeah, we'll start with New Year's Pete. Um, what do you think of this one? I liked this one. I don't... I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so I've seen all these episodes a number of times, but this right. this is a harder one to remember, and I think part of it is just that there's not, like, a real strong central story. It's yeah. just a lot of different, like, moments. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's, I think it's tied together well with uh, Crossing Guard, Frank. So Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I like this episode thematically quite a bit. Uh, I don't think it hangs together, like I said, as well in terms of just a consistent story. But, like, the vignettes they have are really fun. Right. And, uh, the, yeah, there's a lot of good arty stuff and all that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, more than anything, I think this one's most notable for being the first, like, pure Little Pete episode. Yeah. Like, last which... week we had Apocalypse Pete, which was kind of about him, but, mm -hmm. you know, was still narrated by Big Pete, and it still kind of shifted into his story in the second half. Right. Yeah, but this time... The episode was completely narrated by Little Pete, which yep. was cool. Yeah. You know, you get to see things from his point of view. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see an episode finally where not only is he the strong point, but like, or like the lead, I guess, but Big mm -hmm. Pete's even like just barely a side character. Like right. He's really he's only there, in one scene. Yeah, he was only in that one scene and then he's left. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So it's it's totally a little Pete episode, which I guess makes sense. It's the last short they did. They probably wanted to do that eventually. Yeah. And I don't know if they knew at this point whether it would be come a series. a series or anything or. Yeah. Possibly so. not. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I really I do like Crossing Guard Frank a lot in it, which yeah, was funny. Well, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I I think. Um, I think his his interactions with Pete were, mm -hmm. um, like, they kind of, at least the beginnings, his funny, were really funny and really, like, kind of a good, I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, actually. <laughs> I didn't have anything. To, I, I wasn't going anywhere with that. <laughs> You're okay. Um, um, but, yeah, yeah I, uh, I wrote down uh, that... It, well, first of all, you know, at first it threw me because last week we had crossing guard Kenneth G. Uh, Keaton or Keegan, and yeah. th that's a different guy. Or it's a different actor. Yeah, it's, like it's so this isn't yes. the same guy, but he's another like it within Beaten Pete. They were probably like, well, we did oh, couldn't get this actor again, so right. we got this actor. So we're gonna call him something else. But he's probably like I'm sure right. they were writing him as the same guy, really. Oh, yeah, because, I like, mean, he's still he's, the chain smoker. Right, right. The smoking like, was a, even a bigger part of this episode yeah. than it was in the last one. And that that right. was kind of interesting. 
but yeah. yeah, yeah, Kenneth was played by Michael Donovan and Frank was uh, James Lally. I looked up on IMDb. I was like, I want to make sure that these were different people. Yeah. Because I wasn't um, totally sure from the episode. But, but yeah, I like his relationship with Pete and ultimately what that says about the episode that uh like the whole point is pete's looking down on all these people who are trying to change their lives in all these like small ways yeah uh, you know losing weight or like getting in shape or you know not smoking anymore and he wants to save the world (laughs) like right which and he wants it because or he thinks this jetpack is gonna do it for him and that's that's like such a little kid thing you know uh, where, like, you fixate on this one toy or this one object that you think will fix all your problems and be everything. And then as soon as you get that, it's on it's, to the next thing. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, it also I also liked that um, in the end, when he got it, it was a leaf blower. Yeah, yeah. Like, up. because <laughs> I, I remember finding, like, reading Mad Magazine when I was a little kid. Yeah. And seeing all of the little, like, send in this amount of money and you can get this awesome thing and yeah or like getting sea monkeys um and you know like that you know it's just gonna be junk yeah <laughs> or like now just, you know <laughs> right right um and i remember like even back back when i was growing up every time i'd come to my mom with some some cool thing she'd be like oh reba that's just not even gonna be like no. yeah just yeah no. Sea monkeys always sound way cooler than just I know brine shrimp or whatever. Right, <laughs> but right. but yeah, it's it's. I think that's a pretty relatable thing, and also just like you know, every year having like some cool toy you want. But like Pete's ambitions, like this whole plot like, line reminds me a lot of Christmas Story, actually, which I know you hate. Yes, but but it is. It's like it's all about like that one object and. Everything being around that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I get you. I uh-huh. get you on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and yeah. kids are like really susceptible to marketing anyway. Oh, they are. <laughs> like, yeah. He thinks he can, you know, like fix the ozone layer with this, which, right. by the way, apparently, or did you hear about like a couple weeks ago that that's basically not a problem anymore? We pretty really? much like yeah, our practices actually did cause. So well, now it's like shrunk up and it's pretty much okay. There we go. Let's uh, let's work on this global warming thing. Then, guys. <laughs> it might be a little, <laughs> a little more, but. <laughs> But yeah, we actually uh, made an impact there. But aside from that, Pete also wants world peace. Yeah. He wants to have talks with Peking. And uh, he, he, there's a summit in, uh, uh, where was it? In Germany. He's learning yeah. German for. Like, he's really prepared to right. make a major difference. Yeah. But yeah, the theme of the episode seems to be that, you know, it's better to actually have an impact, however small, on somebody than it is to just dream of impossible things that you can't do. Right. Right. So, yeah, I like the ending that Pete, you know. Pete ends up, like, just, you know, being there for Frank to celebrate New Year's, you know. Well, I like like Frank uh, in the way that he really, like, he's there. He's not there because somebody's making him do it. He's He's there there. because he really cares. Yeah, he he takes his job seriously, and he feels like he's making... Keeping people safe. Yeah, and that one cat, you know. I know it was a close call, and yeah. But yeah, I like I like that about him, and I like the way that you know he, at the end, he gives up smoking when you know that he's not going to succeed. Right. Like he he throws it away after he. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's nice. It's another. I like I like these like realistic human elements. 
in yeah. a show that also has a scene with Artie bowling uh, with oh, a hamster and a ball that has a guidance system. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I like that runs the gamut between all that. Right. So I guess we can talk about some of the schemes <laughs> yes. in this episode. Yes. Uh, you've got the landmark oh. scheme. Right, yeah, the landmine scheme. The scheme that's the only time the big Pete's in the in there. Yeah, and how they they booby trap every yard mm-hmm. to like <laughs> mitigate anybody saying no. I, I thought it was funny that like Pete makes a big deal after saving Ellen that he's wearing his bomb proof suit but like the dog got blown up earlier and was fine (laughs) they can't be that lethal but uh but i i mean i even i love that about about the show because that's like that's a a cartoon element yeah like somebody gets blown up and they're completely fine yeah yeah like (laughs) like i just love that that aspect of of the pete and pete universe that a dog is going to get blown up by a landmine. and <laughs> It lands on its feet and it's okay. Yeah. And everything is great. Yeah. Um, if there's one part of that plot line that, uh, like, I was getting a little... Sorry, it's just, like, they've done so many plots now of Pete where, like, he's mostly driven by a crush or his connection to Ellen. Yeah. Uh, and, like, even the one after this is, again, like, a big Pete crush thing. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's fine, but, like... I mean... Looking forward to more... I don't know. And I know next week there's another episode about him and Ellen and stuff. Yeah. But. yeah. Um, I don't know, but, you know, Pete's at that age yep. where, you know. He's going through puberty. Yeah. As little Pete says, he doesn't blame Pete for what happened. He blames his glands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so past that, there's a lot with Artie. There's right. the paper route bit, which... Uh, so, <laughs> is is the uh, name of the guy he throws the newspaper at <laughs> Snorty Butkins? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, like, I just, I want to know if he's like an arch enemy of Artie. And I don't think so. And he just so. calls him Snorty Butkins? I, I have no idea. Like, Artie's an interesting enough guy that yeah maybe maybe to him that's the guy's name yeah even if it's not really but maybe it's just his name right. and, uh yeah <laughs> i just love that hold on to your coffee snorty buttons <laughs> and again he tells pete as he's winding up look at the work boy look at the work get <laughs> the feeling that's a toby huss like improvisation that he's yeah. just done multiple times now yeah uh uh, there's an offhanded comment that Pete makes about Artie that he's completely puberty proof, which oh, is yeah. a kind of weird comment and like yeah. almost creepy out of context. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Uh, I I didn't I I didn't get that except to keep an eye on Artie for him to not get blown over by a a girl. And then there's that scene in the bowling, or the bowling yeah. alley where he turns around and he sees that girl, the the woman making like winking at him, and he's like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, and make that connection. Yeah. Um. So, I was trying to look up speaking of the bowling part, what the bowling team name was referring to, and 
or if it's referring to anything or if it's just a weird combination yeah. of words. I couldn't find anything. Like well, I think okay, what was the team name again? Spanson Crackle. Spanson Crackle. <laughs> yeah. But that's I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It's a fun sequence though. I yeah. like uh I like the ball already gets to just go crazy. Yeah. Uh I, I love his excitement at free air. Yes. <laughs> In the ball return. Free air. And uh, that he, when the talent agent approaches him for with a lucrative offer, his response is, mmm, tasty sandwiches? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, you also learn that Artie lives in a Porto, John. Which, yes. Uh, had I... not been mentioned up to this point. Right. Artie you... is a really creepy character the more you think about him. <laughs> Don't think about him. <laughs> He's a puberty-proof a grown man who lives in a porta john and hangs out with young children as their superhero. But what does pr- puberty proof mean? I don't know. I don't know, Reba. <laughs> but he can move houses an inch, so and exactly. We know that he's he can do it, and he can throw. He can sling. He really butter. is the strongest man in the I world. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love after um, after Artie gets drafted into the professional bowling league. That um, the only normal job that, um, that <laughs> Reba just waved her arms around <laughs> while speaking, and it set off our Xbox. So now we're looking at my friends. But anyway, um, but anyway, <laughs> the only normal job that that Pete has in this entire episode is this paper route. And after Artie gets drafted. He has to carry around a 98-pound insert (laughs) on Artie every week. Yeah. Like, I just love that. Yeah. That he, because you see him with his oversized bag, and then he just, like, tosses the paper like it's nothing. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Even though it's a 98-pound insert. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. That's, that's... Yeah, yeah, that's the world of Pete and Pete. <laughs> I love the world of Pete and Pete. It's also interesting that they say that um, uh, Pete is, or not Pete, uh, Artie, or yeah, that Pete never sees Artie again after that and when then, he's in yeah. like, the rest of the show. But it, like, I guess you could reason that with Pete's narration is at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he just hasn't seen Artie since then, but right. but yeah, it's funny how the show just never mentions the fact that Artie had a professional bowling career again. Right, just I something kind, that happened. I kind of, uh, you know, I mean, in my in my head, I like I like to think that somebody found out about the Artie um, or about his bowling ball being telepathically run by a, a hamster. <laughs> right, that would be a scandal. Know? Yeah. You'd have to go back to being a superhero. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But also, um, why would the strongest man in the world need a telepathically uh, linked bowling ball? No, for guidance. Oh. He's the strongest man in the world, but, you know, he just doesn't have that good aim. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the, the last scheme was Pete trying to extort people as a crossing guard. Yes. Which... Uh, you know, he, he, he breaks uh, crossing guard Frank's trust there. He does. And, uh, yeah, as Pete says, he says, I know Frank had trusted me, but when you're on a mission like mine, a few people are going to get hurt. But, right. you know, that's part of his arc. Like, he comes around. He yeah. realizes that maybe, you know, it's it's good to just be 
nice yeah. to the people around you and make their lives right. better. Exactly. Even if you're not getting a world-saving jetpack in the process. Yeah. He did seem to have a lot of fun with that leaf blower, though. He, Yeah, more than... Like, I wonder if that's a Danny Tamborelli thing, that they yeah. just gave Danny Tamborelli a leaf blower for the scene, and it's like, oh, hey, cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I could see that. Is there anything else you had on that one? Um, I mean, other than... Like, I liked the fact that nobody really achieved their resolutions, because that's... That's kind how of, resolutions work, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And that's kind of what um, Pete was was scoffing at in the first place. and Right. You know, except for Mom. I, like, I think, you know, she was still going at it, making trying to make her hands string. Well, she know? was doing that on New Year's Day, right. though. <laughs> so everybody was still good on their New Year's resolution at that point, but... Well, I, except for, you know... You, Frank. Well, no, not. I mean, hey, even Frank. There were some scenes where he wasn't smoking. Right. Um, but I doubt. I doubt their dad lost his twenty pounds. Well, we don't know. He said he was going to lose his twenty pounds at the very end of the episode. Oh, I, I he said it at the beginning too. I thought that that was just showing people's resolutions for the next year, since they're all at a New Year's Eve party. Yeah, but I thought it was at the. Uh, I thought all of those resolutions happened the beginning I think of the so. year. I, I, I think they did. Because the beginning of the episode is the is, is it, the end of the story for Pete. So like right. everybody at the beginning, but he doesn't is, start. He doesn't start saying they don't start saying their New Year's resolutions until after he started go he, after he went back to the beginning okay. of the year when Maybe. he set his. I I'll give you. There's enough leeway. Yeah. You could say that. I, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, the episode because seems to recognize that nobody sticks to those things, and that's what Pete kind of thinks is ridiculous. Right, because, uh, no, uh, to um, to back up my point, Frank <laughs> says at the beginning that he's going to quit smoking, uh-huh. and that the that cigarette it was his la- that he just lit was his last, yeah. and at the end it comes full circle and he says it again. All right, I'd have to watch uh, that again. And this time... Little Pete is there, and he's like, uh-huh. and Little Pete says... Yeah, are you going to quit you, or are you going to smoke more? Right. Yeah. So, I think it was at the beginning... I think everything, all the New Year's resolutions started at the beginning of the year. Okay. And then... All right. They're still... Because you, know, <laughs> you, you see, every time you see... Um, every time you see his dad at the party, he's downing weenies. Yeah. So, like, to True. me, I thought, I thought it was like, he's just abandoned that, and he's just That's enjoying himself. Yeah. You know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, are we on to um, King of the Road, or is there more you had? Oh, on? I just wanted to say um, the Pete-ism. <laughs> yeah. And the fr- the, my favorite Pete-ism was the beginning, where, um, and apparently a lot of people thought it was Hunter S. Thompson was the grandpa that he pushed his bike down. What? It's, it's not. not. No. Um, no way. But somebody, because I was reading a, uh, I was reading an AV Club article on, on this episode. Okay, yeah. And um, they had a link to it, and apparently there's a website that's like, no, guys, that is not <laughs> the Hunter S. Thompson. I love that there's a website devoted to debunking well, an episode of Pete and Pete. It's, well, I don't know if it's just that episode or what, but there was a, there was a question on it. Um, but I love that he says as he's writing up the, um, 
running up the street. Chew my light, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, Pete gets pretty abstract with his <laughs> things. He sometimes. does, and it's fantastic. I I like that the German phrase he's learning is "bite my scab, blowhole," which I think was like two different lines. Or yeah, know, it, two, from other episodes. It, yeah, it, it worked in two lines. <laughs> yeah, um, and then I liked I liked Frank's response to to him at, during one scene. He said, scrape me sideways, pipsqueak. <laughs> yeah, that's and you great. And you get respect from Pete on that one. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's an established thing about you. little Pete now. Is <laughs> all his awesome yeah. insults. Yeah. Okay. That's all I had. No, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, King of the Road. Uh, I, this, this is, I thought this was interesting in that like, you know, I've seen this episode a lot, mm-hmm. but I I had never thought of the fact that it's the first episode of the official series and yeah. the central character is really dad. Yeah. Like, it's it's not either of the Pete's. Like, it's right. narrated by Big Pete, but yeah. yeah, it's all about dad and his ego right. and, and his, the family kind of resisting that, but ultimately helping him out. Exactly. Bring... You know, bringing the family together because they realize that he's, it's not, it's not only his ego, it's like, he's doing it for the family, like, to bring <laughs> everybody together, yeah. kind of, you know. No, that, that's a good way to look at it. It's yeah. like, it's driven by both throughout most of the episode. Yeah. But they don't really, like, turn around at the end to, like, save things for him until after he says, well, maybe it's not that important. Like, yeah. maybe it's okay that... We had a good run. Right. Uh, so once he, and like, kind of... Because, I mean, you can get that, like, his ego is that he's the greatest dad, and he's the king of the road, and if his... Like, I could see where if his family, like, doesn't doesn't see that, where, yeah, he's like, oh, the people, the most important people to me don't think I'm the greatest... Right. I'm the king of the road, I gotta... I don't know if he know. really has that feeling through a lot of it, though. Because, like, it's more of a frustration think, with them getting in his way. Uh, when, like, right. he's still full of himself. He still has his right. elbow out the window. Yeah. Like, I like that but visual I think, motif. Like, I, uh, yeah. Um, but I think, like, eventually I think he realizes that. Like, mm. it comes around to that. So maybe we should step back a little bit on this, uh, the plot of the episode. Yes. So... There are three, uh, as they put it, major dad driving categories. There's never asking for directions no matter what, roof stack packing, and making good time on the road. So the whole episode is around those three ideas. That's how you're the king of the road or king of fraud as they had to settle for. Um, I thought Hardy Rawls, who plays the dad, was really good in this episode. Oh, yeah. Like he's... The way I thought of it, or just, like, his character in general is, like, like you know, the Plato cave analogy? Like, if there is a perfect form of dad, yes. <laughs> that, like, all dads are, like, a shadow of in some way, like, yeah. he is that, like, he is just so much of the archetype of the father and the yeah. guy. <laughs> and... I, I like I like the way that yeah. he plays that ego and he kind he kind of underplays things. His delivery is really good. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just thinking about that. The the um, whole episode I could identify with that. Like uh-huh. that entire like the trip to going places because we would have 
when I, like, growing up for me, we didn't fly places. We drove places. Yeah, yeah. We packed up the garage, or the car, packed up our van. We had, we would have coolers of, of sandwich meat and potato chips and, and mm-hmm. soft drinks. You know, we'd have all of that stuff to go, like, sit out in roadside stops and, um, and just have picnics. Uh-huh. Instead of, you know, sitting in fast food restaurants or going to a sit-down place, you know. We we didn't have the money to go on trips, like, and spend a lot, like, Yeah, you, on it was all about the road trips. So, and yeah, that. it was just, you know. Yeah, we that. didn't do as many road trips, but, like, I also, like, weirdly see elements of my dad and, like, like I, I oh, do, yeah, I feel I, like... I mean, he, you're right, because he is the, like, that the dad dadness. is, yeah, he is dad. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I liked, uh, I liked how he'd say these ridiculous things, but like, oh, you, like, it's probably just facts, like, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some of the dads out here have well heard of me. Right. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But it's it's right. great. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say I love I love the misspelling on the um, on license the license plate. plate because fraud fraud f r o d sounds like fraud like basically fraud. what he feels like in like once the once the <laughs> perfect family shows up. That's a I've never thought like, of that. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, because. I just thought, like, because that was, that was the first thing I thought of, because, and I was going to say something about it um, uh-huh. while we were watching it, but I, I, I didn't want to color anything. Yeah, yeah. And, because um, when I first saw it, I was like, King of Fraud. Man, people seeing that on the road are going to think he's like a, a he's, he's like, like King Fraud. Like yeah. Like he's a pretender. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And yeah, that makes sense where... It would come to mean that after he sees this perfect family and right. the real king of the road. Uh, and, yeah. I mean, I love the I love the explanation of when when they take that that stop and the the perfect family comes up and you see King of the Road uh-huh. on the license plate, the the viewer sees it. But you have dad going around and inspecting everything, seeing the roof stack, checking the air, the pressure, yeah. the, the tire pressure. And, the, and Pete's like, he couldn't put his finger on just what it was. And then he sees the license plate. Yeah. And it's like, no. And like, that's. That was the last straw. Yeah. Really. It was just. Yeah. Like, he was like. They have the real license plate and everything. Yeah. It's only sort of related, but I like, I like that this episode brings back the Hoover Dam again. Yes. Like. The show has right. an obsession with the Hoover Dam, right. and uh, I like that there's a actual thematic reasoning behind it here too, where their dad it's, looks at it as like a metaphor or a symbol of like parenting, right? Where it's like you're taking these you know wild forces and like trying to uh, tame them, and, yeah, yeah, trying to tame them, trying to uh, you know convert them into something useful, kind right. of. And that uh, that was kind of neat. Uh, again, Pete, Big Pete's role is sort of him having a crush on someone, but 
Yeah. It was well, interesting they mentioned Ellen briefly. Like, there's one line where they're just like, oh, well, since Ellen and I decided to be friends. big, good, best friends instead. Yeah. Now this. Right. I noticed that. Or I, I picked up on that and I was, I was wondering if that was. What episode was that in? No, there's not one. This oh, it, really? and it it keeps doing that. Like it's it's one of those things that like in a really really continuity heavy show would be irritating mm-hmm. because it it is like every other episode their boyfriend or girlfriend or their yeah. just or friends. Yeah. It, like the the one that we're or the first one we watch next week is like all about them do- deciding we're together now or there's oh uh, really and then like after that they're not for like a season and it, it, it mm-hmm. they, they're just like offhanded references to how they decided to be friends <laughs> like they just go back and forth on it but like it almost makes sense for kids that age yeah. where nobody really understands any of that or they don't right. get yeah. <laughs> their feelings so yeah uh, so it works but yeah you don't see a lot of that on screen right and but I mean, Pete, Big Pete is also at that age where going out on a vacation with his family is just, like, the last yeah. thing he wants to do. Right, where he, he considers jumping out of the car when they're about to start singing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, a lot of that is uh, yeah. not not cool for teenagers. And, right. And Big Pete is starting to look a little bigger now. Yeah, like he's, he is. He's, he's actually starting to look. Like a high schooler. Kind yeah, of, yeah. It, it, which, you, like, I thought the New Year's piece started to look a little older, too, when you saw him. Like, yeah. it, looking at that episode versus the one before Apocalypse Pete, like, he had a pretty major, like, growth spurt. And, like, his hair looks different. Like, you know, he doesn't have yeah, his shaggy hair, so right. he looks a lot older. Yeah. But, uh. Um, and I loved, I loved the, the slinky just on the window. <laughs> yeah. By his window. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, something to... <laughs> you know, that, like just a little prop. But yeah. yeah, there are a lot of good props. I like the little yeah. action figure guy that they have on mm-hmm. the front. And uh, I like the way yeah. that when they're doing the big stacking thing at the end, the uh, other family has like, yeah, a Japanese doll that's right. like just taller than his action figure so that they're winning on the stacking. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love how everything about that family is superior. Yeah. Like yeah. even the, even when they do their roadside stop, uh, when Pete sees them, they are sitting at really nice patio furniture. Yeah. They're and not at a picnic table. They're in, uh, uh, like, there's a patty, there's a nice table, there's padded seats, uh-huh. uh, there's a, an umbrella yeah. out there. Like, it- and, and like, when they're standing together at the picnic stop, it's, like, a 50s platonic ideal nuclear yeah. family image. And, like, the dad's got his pipe and stuff, which right. he has when he's driving, too. Like, it very is very much is, like, a 50s vision of the perfect family. Right. right. The girls are in matching dresses. Right, right. You know. Bright colors and stuff, too. And it's, yeah. Yeah. If somebody is going to be king of the road... Yeah. ...or try to beat dad as the king of the road that's the family that would mm-hmm. do it yeah like but i i like again like getting to the ending where they're doing the stacking mm-hmm. like it, i like that it's ultimately the abandonment of ego like or or, or at yeah. least like they, they they're not worried about the fact that they're naked now like right they're literally like, naked you know, to win this we are like yeah and it's the whole family. It's not right. Yeah. They all like, went together on it. I, and I loved that it was it was Big Pete that right. that realized 
we gotta do this. Crush be damned. Yeah. Dads do it, like, you know. <laughs> I thought it was funny that, like, when he takes his shirt off, she looks over like, oh, I can't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, would she do that? But, but it was, right. yeah, it was good. I, I like that last bit. Yeah, the... Yeah. There, there's like some decent editing and like cinematography in this for a cheap kids show. Right. Like uh, all the back and forth there. Like it's a decent sequence. And uh, yeah. earlier when they leave the picnic site, like they're doing a lot of handheld camera stuff to add urgency to it, which mm-hmm. like I, people weren't doing that much in the early 90s. Like they're getting yeah. fairly inventive on a really low budget. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. It's, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I love I love when they finally win. Uh-huh. That they switch the license plates. Yeah, I love how easy that is. Right? Like, it's, yeah, it's like, like sure you could legally do that. <laughs> like I yeah, I just love that that's the you know, that's their that's their universe, you know? Uh-huh. This this is their license plate now. Yeah, um, yeah. They've yeah. earned it, so that's what they have. Yeah. <laughs> the um, state would recognize that. Right. Right. Uh. I love I also love uh, like that the episode isn't actually about being at the Hoover Dam. It's just yeah. about going there. Right. Like, it's that you see the image of the Hoover Dam at the end, but you never actually see them get there. Right. Like, they're just driving to it the whole yeah. time. Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot of, like, little things in this episode that I thought were kind of interesting or funny. Like, just, like, I, like little gags, like the harmonica out the window automatically playing music. Yeah. Just with yeah. the regular, just the wind blowing by causes it to play songs. Yeah. Like actual songs. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, like I mentioned, I like the elbow as, like, kind of a visual. Uh, I was, I, I had taken note on that, too. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, you see it inside the, the window. Yeah, after, his shamed elbow. Yeah. <laughs> And you've got Roadkill Bingo, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. Uh, Artie really, really briefly appears, which, right. like, in a more continuity-heavy show would be a way of being like, no, see, Artie's still going to be part of the show after the last one. But, right. like, I don't think anybody has any sense of I, or understanding of continuity on Nickelodeon shows. So no. as a kid, you just catch them randomly when they're on. and They right. repeat them so much that you end up seeing a lot of them. I like that Wrigley's apparently, apparently it's a thing that Wrigley's know how to hold their water. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Wrigley's can not mom, pee if they... I'm half Wrigley. <laughs> right. She's like, that's not really how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love that, that little Pete couldn't care less about the, the younger daughter. Cause doesn't the younger daughter say hi to him? Yeah. And yeah. just kind of glares at yeah, her. Yeah. She's the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> little Pete is... Very loyal to uh, family yeah. situations like he was in uh, Apocalypse Pete. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, liked, I liked the little uh, garage door gag out of nowhere. Yeah. And like that they actually throw in a cutaway of the guy like beneath the door. It's, yeah. That was good. Yeah. But yeah, that's most what I had on King of the Road. Pretty good first episode. Oh, I did like, um, I did like the, when the King of the Road, or uh, the, Mr. Perfect catches up with them uh-huh. the first time that he's like, that dad's like, oh, he's got, I'm going 55. He's got to be going 70. He's and, breaking the law. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's like, that's not, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. As King of the Road, you don't, Apparently you don't break laws. That's part of the, you yeah. Know, you can, that's you have to make good time, but you have to do it within the speed limit. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, I think that's all I have. 
Cool. Yeah, I, I just wrote down the pedisms from both episodes, but almost all of that was from the one before, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, I also had Chew My Light Grandpa written down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, out of my way, grunge bag. Grunge bag's been used a couple times now. And I think it's always been used on the crossing guard. Really? I think, it, yeah, I think oh, the last time oh, it was might used, be right. it was on Kenny G. Yeah, maybe during the race or something. I think so. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Blow it out your nose hole, Frank. <laughs> to which he responds, yeah. scrape my, or scrape me sideways right. this week. That's good too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, going somewhere crankbait. Yeah. <laughs> crankbait. I love that. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's about all I think we had on these two. Yeah. But pretty good. Uh, we're we'll be continuing into the season proper next week with uh, I think Day of the Dot and uh, Nightcrawlers. Oh okay. Do you remember that one? I I it. Sounds familiar to okay. me. Okay. All right. So, but yeah, it's a Big Pete episode and a Little Pete episode. So it'll awesome. be another another pairing for next week. Good. That'll work out well. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.